Hey everyone, it's Pastor Mike Adkins, and I want to welcome you to Next Steps, where the teaching pastors of Grace Church help you focus on taking a next step in your spiritual life. If you're not listening there already, I invite you to take a moment to download the free Grace app. It's the best place to hear and share messages and to get connected with what's going on here in the life of our church. Just search Grace Church Orlando in your app store or head to discovergrace.com forward slash app to find it. Pastor Clint Harrison and Pastor Grant Nixon and I hope that these podcast conversations will help you take your next step toward Christ. Hey guys, here we are again with another episode of Next Steps. We are so glad to be with you. I'm here with Pastor Clint and Pastor Grant. Yep. Oh, no, that's my thing. <laughs> that's oh, I mean. man. Hey. He stole his thing. Hey. Hey. So uh, we are, we're, <laughs> we're going to be talking about a really timely subject right now. It's, sure. it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, and, uh, Thanksgiving coming up. We've got Thanksgiving coming up, That's and right. this is going to be an awesome time for families. But at the same time, it's still not going to be awesome, <laughs> right? So today we're talking about dealing with difficult people. And I know yeah. you probably have someone weird like Grant in your family. So how, oh. how do you <laughs> How do you deal with difficult people? Everyone's got a weird uncle. Everyone's got a weird aunt. Sorry, he's pouting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, it is, it's incredibly timely. Um, I mean, just like there's not a lot of people in this room right now, but could we go ahead and take a vote? Who's the most difficult person? Can we just get everybody to, everybody's raising their hand? It's Pastor Mike. Person. Everyone's pointing at Pastor oh Mike. Oh my gosh, it's great. Wow. All right. Okay. <laughs> anyway, no, but yeah, our families, yeah, our families, uh, it's crazy because you'll be in a room with people that you only have to be in a room with twice a year. That's so right. Like, let's just yeah. be honest, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, uh, it's obvious uh, Thanksgiving and Columbus Day. Yeah. And, forced, uh, this is like weird forced fellowship. Exactly, it's it's weird. These forced are not fellowship. the people that we would choose. No, you're gonna have you're gonna have some uncle that's gonna come in and try to ask everybody who they're voting for, and then you're gonna have you know what I mean? One hundred percent. And you're gonna 100%. have you're you're gonna yeah. your grandmother uh, is going to say something about your weight. It's just gonna happen. And One grab way your other. cheeks until they hurt. Cheeks. Yeah. Can, can I just say by the way, just <laughs> I absolutely will never do the gene testing things out there. You know those things oh, that you, yeah, yeah. you know, like you find your ancestry. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, I don't need any more weird people coming up going, "Hey, we're related." <laughs> you know, I'm just like, no, I've got enough. What are you finding out? Something awesome though. Oh, I don't believe that. We're from West Virginia. <laughs> I don't believe that. We're from West Virginia. What is awesome? Oh man. <laughs> hey, awesome? if anyone's listening in West Virginia, we love you. We love um, you very much. No, you're you're right. It, it is a timely message, and um, I reminded like uh, Jesus. There's so many things I wish Jesus had said. Um, <laughs> you know, like, Not like this one. with difficult people, Could you write those down? just get them out of here. But instead he said, turn the other cheek. I can't think of a more difficult person it's than painful. someone who literally slaps you in the face. It, it's a, no, it's a painful image. Like, yeah. Hey, you slap me. I mean, that's like being spit on. Yeah. It's, it's like being mocked too. It, yeah, it's like I mean, mocked. it's shameful. And then he's yeah. like, turn the other cheek. How do you do that? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a couple of thoughts that come to mind. The first one is, and I was actually just talking to um, to a group here at Grace about it, is uh, to pray for them. Like, mm. Jesus tells us to pray for our enemies. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone who's difficult is your enemy. Like, we're not saying that, all right? I'm not saying, like, your aunt's not your enemy, all right? Mm. I hope. Well, I hope mm. she's not, all right? Okay. But, but like, praying for them. And one of the things that I, that I tell people, like, as they do that, one of the things you'll find, um, and this is true in my life anyway, has been that, like God starts to change my heart. It's hard to it's like true, at though. first you can pray angry. You <laughs> yeah, know what right. I mean? But right. if you're daily yeah. going to and I think it's yeah. a daily thing. This is not yeah. magic, okay? No. This isn't Hogwarts. <laughs> you don't like say the words and something changes. Ex- exactly. Right. That's right. But if you're daily committing time before God, 
and you're you're bringing this person's name before God, there's just there's something he does in us, man. Like there's he gets past the pettiness, he gets yeah. past the hurt feelings and yeah. I don't know, he starts to change your heart towards him. I think that's one of the things that C.S. Lewis was picking up when he said that um prayer changes us. Yeah. You know, it doesn't necessarily Absolutely. always change the world around us, that's but it right. does change the internal world inside of us. And so sometimes we have these people that we interact with, and they're not only going to be at, around the table at Thanksgiving. And, and I'm sure many of uh, the people who are listening have wonderful family members, and they're great. And of course. That's, right. that's a huge blessing. Like me. And, they uh, listen to this podcast. All of my family. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Nixons. Yeah. But at the same time, we, many of us do have like those really difficult people mm-hmm. that we are almost in. And we were joking about it earlier, but kind of forced to kind of hang out with during yeah. Thanksgiving. So part of the process is of course, prayer. You know, we can, like you said, I think, I think that's dead on. It does change how we feel about them. It's difficult to be super angry, uh, with somebody and then be believing the best for their life, mm, 100%. which I think is one of the, the, maybe another way for us to think about this is part of the problem is that difficult people have had difficult circumstances in their life. Mm. And because of that, they've adapted with maybe ways that are not super helpful. Yeah. So, I mean, just alongside that prayer, and for me, when I'm dealing with a difficult person, there's usually two things going on. One is I forget how broken I am and Mm. where they're coming from and their situation, and so prayer helps that. Like, it helps me to think about someone else. It helps me to consider their story, their situation, and even though they're difficult from my vantage point, it's a reminder to me that, man, I, I can be difficult and that I can be broken. And so it's a reminder of the gospel that God loved me. And man, how could I not love others? How could I not mm. turn the other cheek when Christ has, you know, considered me a sinner and, mm. and saved me? The second thing is, is that um, I think about people and when I, when I consider them and look at their situation, uh, it reminds me that they're a lot like me. And yeah. so some people that are difficult in my life are difficult because they remind me of myself, well, sure, and it can be my pride or, or whatever. They're prideful, and so I, it reminds me, and it irritates me because I'm prideful, mm-hmm. or because I'm selfish, or because I do things that I want to do that other people don't want to do, and it irritates me. It's just a reminder of my sin, and to remember that when you're dealing with someone who's close to you, that maybe their sin reminds you of your sin, and that irritates you, and it helps me lessen the blow yeah. and to say, man, you're just like me. And I can love you in the midst of this. I'm super forgiving to myself. You're I'm right. super <laughs> understanding to myself. And so, yeah. I really like me. If I, I super <laughs> like me. And so, yeah, if I can, if I can see, see that, see how we're the same, like, what a, that's a great insight, man. I dig that a lot. I, yeah. Jesus had a, an, an encounter with uh, the Pharisees and the disciples, and he was talking about this very issue, and that is difficult people. And he was asked the question, how many times are we supposed to forgive somebody who's mm. difficult? In other words, are we really supposed to just let them walk all over us over and over and over again? Mm-hmm. And the person who came to him basically said, are we supposed to do this? Can we do it seven times? And in their mind, seven times was a massive number yeah, it of is. forgivenesses, right? Sure. I mean, just imagine somebody coming back to you seven different times, doing the same thing over and over and over again. So how many times do we have to forgive? And Jesus turns and says, you know, not seven times, but 70 times seven. So right? 490. So 490 and then times, them off. and then they're done. They're, they're done. Right? We, we them cut out. them out of our lives, right? <laughs> no. Uh, Jesus' point was that if 70 is generous, we're going to go way beyond that generosity. Right. So, But here's a question for you guys. Like, when is enough enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's a great point. It's a great question to ask. Um, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love, and, and usually... 
usually when we let ourselves get walked on and when we let ourselves be taken advantage of, yep. we do it in the name of love. We're like, no, what, but it's it's loving to answer the phone for mm-hmm. them again. It's loving to 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 respond to that email that they sent. It's it's loving to let them back in. That's loving, right? Because it's mm-hmm. it's not loving to shut the door. That feels wrong. Right. But First Corinthians thirteen says, "Love doesn't rejoice with wrongdoing." Mm. And so, wisdom figures out where is that? You know, mm. where is rejoice with wrongdoing? And one of the things uh, I like to think about is is using Jesus' words again about turning the other cheek. You know. A slap stings, but it doesn't wound. You know, it's not permanent. It's not permanent, yeah. and there's and there's a, a there's a place where we have to go. Um, we have to evaluate what's happening, and we have to evaluate and say, um, "Is this? Am I being a good steward of the life God's given me and the time God's given me by letting this person?" mistreat me in this way because yeah. obviously from this there is a certain amount of mistreatment we should take yes just straight up yeah, right. there's a certain amount that's we should point. take yeah. which is difficult like and it's that's hard for me man i mean that's a that's a big deal but apparently there's a line where we're crossing into enabling and i i feel like there's just going back to we need the church needs to be the center of a christian's life um Man, we need each other to help figure that out. Like, we need some discernment there. Like, we need. See, I love what you're saying because I, I really do think, just kind of picking up on that idea, I think there is a, a point where, for many people, they think I got to say yes. I've got mm-hmm. to say yes to this person. I've got to answer it the phone every loving. time. It feels it loving. It feels loving. It feels loving. I've got to yeah. answer the phone. I've got to give them money whenever they ask. I've got to do these things. But use the word enabling, which I think is a good word. But we can also describe it um, as, by by saying that. Sometimes doing that is actually harming them. Yeah. Because unless they're confronted with the maladaptive ways in which they're relating to other people, they're never, mm-hmm. ever going to change. Right. Right. And so sometimes it's appropriate for us to say, I'm not calling you back right now. I'm putting a boundary down right now. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Your crisis is not my crisis. One of the things that Kelly says, she's like, Mike, you do this almost annoyingly well. She's like, uh, because your counseling background, she's like, you really just don't suffer fools. In other words, like, mm, like mm. when somebody comes and says, Hey, my marriage is falling apart right now. I need to meet with you on Friday night at nine. I'm like, no. And, and, and it may be that I don't have anything going on at nine on Friday night. Right. But I'm not going to meet with them. Why? Because that crisis, that thought process, I have to have everything that I need right now. That's part of the problem. Yeah. Like that kind of, that kind of like, I need to bring everything I can't solve my problem on my own. I've got to deal with this situation right now. You're my solution. You've got to fix this. And that's not always true. Sometimes true. you have to be able to say, your problem is not my problem right now. I love you. I'm for you. And I'm going to help you. But that's going to be on my time, not on your time. So, you know, as I, as I think about this, I just want to say that it's it's okay to say no. Yeah. Like it really is. And, and that can be the most loving thing you can do to, for somebody. Like to say, no, you're not going to do this is maybe the most loving thing you can do for them in that moment. And so, I mean, it's exactly what Mike was talking about. Like you have to set boundaries. And so after you've prayed, after you've sought counsel, after you've looked in the word about this and, you know, I think of Romans chapter 12, Mm. he brings out, you know, you don't repay evil for evil. You, you don't do those things. Then he says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. In other words, there's a time at which you don't live at peace with somebody. There's a time at which Mm -hmm. where you draw the line and you say, hey, listen, this has gone too far. 
we've talked about it, we've addressed it, we've invited other people into this, and you are not hearing accurately. And and the community, the people of God are saying that as well. And I need to stop this. We we can't act this way. And it is the most loving thing for them. You know what's interesting is like we would all I think everyone listening, everybody would universally agree that when you have children, telling them no daily is super loving. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Like yeah. we set boundaries yeah. all the time with them. We don't enable them to do whatever they want. My son this morning, my, my five-year-old, he comes in bed. It's like six o'clock in the morning and he got into some Halloween candy and he goes, Daddy. And he's got a box <laughs> of nerds and he just shakes it next to my head and he goes, can I have these? And I go, what? I don't like. I don't even know what time. I don't know what planet I'm on at this point. So what are you talking about? And I go, have you had breakfast yet? And he goes, I will later. And I was like, no, you can't. You can't have candy at six o'clock. We're not going to be those parents, all right? Like we're not going to be that family, all right? Like, yeah, and and but right. no one in the world is going to be like, oh, that's so hateful. Yeah, that's, that's so hateful. Right. You said you yeah. said no. Yeah, you drew a line. Yeah, there's a boundary there. Um, but there's something about then like when it gets to dealing with adults, we just. Nope. You always have to say yes. That's, That's the right. most loving thing. And yeah, one of, one of the things way. I learned from what you just said is that uh, you get up later than six o'clock, which oh, Clint and I've been praying for three hours by that time. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. <laughs> but we, you know, when you make some amazing points, Grant, we teach people how I to know. treat. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So, but but when we say no to people and when we direct them. We teach them how to treat us and other mm-hmm. people. Yeah, we say that this is this is out of boundaries. Yeah, this is not healthy behavior for you, and so we're going to put a limitation on that. That doesn't mean that you're not loving. That doesn't mean that you don't care for them. In fact, it can mean that you're caring for them in a really, really good way. There are two resources that I wanted to let people know about. Uh, Lewis Meads, who is a professor at Fuller Seminary. He's actually passed away uh, now, but he was an incredible psychologist, a great guy. If you have struggled with forgiveness in your life, these these two books are the two best books that I've ever read. Lewis Meads, S-M-E-D-E-S. The first book is called The Art of Forgiving, and the second book is called Forgive and Forget. And they both deal with some really amazing concepts. Like one of them that really changed my life was realizing that I could forgive somebody, but mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that I get to be restored to them. In other words, sometimes we just have to forgive people, even if we're not going to be in relationship with them anymore. You know, for example, some people who have died in our past that were really, really maybe very difficult people with us, or or maybe let's take it beyond difficult people and say they were abusive. They were Mm -hmm. very, very toxic people. We still have to forgive them. And the reason for that is because that changes us. It transforms us. It changes our heart. And so we forgive them in that process and we release them and let them go. Yeah. Because if we don't get to that place, then we find ourselves always bound to that person. Mm. I'm constantly always angry at them, you know, thinking terrible scenarios about them in my, in my head, bitterness, right. all that kind of stuff. So it's really helpful for us to just check those books out. Some people need, I mean, we were joking about it earlier, but some people actually need to be cut out. Yeah. And that's that sounds so harsh and so ugly. Like, would Jesus really do that? Um, Paul did it. Paul did it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Paul did it. Yeah. Paul did it with a missionary who was on his first missionary trip, and the guy That's abandoned right. him basically. And he yeah. said, "Hey, I'm not going. You're not allowed to come on the second trip." And that actually was a huge fighting piece between he and Barnabas. They right. actually never walked together again after that, because one said that we're going to forgive, and the other said we're not going to forgive. And so it's a challenging thing, but you do have to draw boundaries sometimes. So in college, I went to a international school, and so there's people from all different countries from all around the world that came to college, and. 
uh, there was a seminary connected to it. And as I was there, um, we constantly had missionaries come in and speak about giving and, and all of these things. And so I had this automatic feeling like, you know, I've saved up some money working in high school and I need to serve the Lord with my money. And there was a, a guy who was from Africa. He was a pastor. He flew over to the States, go to, go to seminary. His wife was still back home, and he was going to finish out two years of seminary and then go back. He came to me and said, hey, Clint, um, you know, I've, I've seen you around and, you know, see that you whatever. And he goes, um, I need money for my family. And I was like, okay, uh, like, and I, you know, I was like, I felt like, okay, I want, I want to give, I want to be generous. And so he asked me for a set amount of money. And for me in college, it was a lot of money. And so I gave it to him. Week passed, he came to me again and he said, Hey man, can I have that amount of money again? My family's really hurting. Hmm. And I just thought, well, man, God, you know, like this is my depleting my savings. Right. And I was like, okay, well, here you go. So I gave him another and he came back again the next week and I started to feel bad. And like, I felt bad because I didn't want to give him anymore. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting down with godly, just mentors and leaders and even professors and, and pastors. And, and they said, listen, he's not carrying his load and you are not required to cover all of his burden. You personally, That's right. yeah. we need to set up a, a, a system around him to help him. And so you taking this on alone is not healthy wise. And I was so distraught over it. I was so Mm. torn up internally. And after hearing all the counsel and praying through it, I just had this peace that it's okay. It's okay to say no, and it's okay to move on. And when we talked to them about it, they actually ended up helping them in a better way, in a more responsible way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think also too, you know, just as we're kind of thinking through boundaries and like, when is enough enough, especially if we're moving beyond just talking about difficult people, but we're talking about toxic people and Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to put people who are abusers in that situation. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that does not, I mean, we, we still have to forgive because I think again, forgiveness is about how we're going to live, the kind of person we're going to become. But on the other side of that equation, we don't have to be back in relationship with them because that abuse could continue in that relationship, right? So sometimes we have to cut them off, right? And that's not a bad thing. But I, you know, I, I think a big piece of the, the equation for that is realizing that we don't do this by ourselves. Sometimes we need other people to deal with difficult people. Mm. In other words, we need to bring in a third party. Matthew 18 is just like that. Matthew mm-hmm. 18 basically is the right. passage of scripture that says, hey, here's what we're going to do. Uh, when we come across difficult people, right? Number one, we're going to go to them directly and say, hey, you've offended me and hurt me, right? And so uh, if that doesn't work, though, we come back and we say, all right, here's some more people. I'm going to say this again in front of some more people because more people, more gravity, more seriousness, right? And then eventually it, it gives us the pattern. It says, hey, turn them over to Satan. Just cut them out right mm. there. And the point is, is that as we cut them out, our goal is hopefully that they'll realize, restoration. Man, That's right. yeah. man, this is really, you've broken something serious, and as a result of that, we're hoping for restoration down the road. So it's a challenging place to figure it out. You also might need to get counseling. Yeah. You know, can we say that out loud too? Yep, for like sure. I think it's important to say like we may just need to bring in somebody who is super helpful. I think one of the things that I respect uh, a great deal about both of you guys, and that's so important to um, to dealing with difficult people, and you both mentioned examples, um, which is something that's just not about our culture right now, which is just we have to be direct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're just not a direct culture anymore, right? I mean, we are a culture of send an email, 
you know, yeah. like do a or bear, yeah. or bury it or or bury yeah. yeah or bury Hide it down the rug or yeah. you know there's we just we live in a culture of distraction right like I mean while you were just talking Mike like I was playing Mario Kart on my phone you know I, what I, I mean saw you. like I saw we you. Um, but I got first place so uh, but I'm a winner uh, but we we don't uh, deal with difficult we don't deal with difficult things and so I think a huge part of that is like you just said even the example of Matthew 18 the first instruction is be direct. Like be direct with that person. And and I think, again, going back to the community support that you need mm-hmm. um, because that's going to be hard for you yes. and you need that. We I just recently went through this um, with a relationship in my life where uh, this person just wasn't healthy. They just weren't a healthy person. And yeah. I thought, okay, this is – this is who I am. This is my calling, right? Like I'm going to, I'm going to help them and I'm going to bring them healing and all these things. And it just started to cost me too much. It just, it cost me personally too much. It cost my family, you know, and, and I just said, nah, this isn't good anymore. You know, like I'm paying this huge cost for this person. Right. And, and usually they're not willing to pay that cost themselves. And they're not. And that's and that, not. that's the problem. Mm. And that's one of the great lines that we can draw by right. saying, listen, I'll walk with you. Like, you know, if someone says, hey, walk with me a mile, walk with them too. Right? Right. Like that's, that's what Jesus is. Like that's our job. But with that said, you kind of have to have somebody cooperating and wanting to grow in that process. And right. if you do, I feel like I'm much more willing to walk with them into some really difficult situations and places. 100%. But toxic people sometimes and difficult people sometimes – can cause you problems in other relationships as well. Yeah. Right? Because it's all consuming. It's all consuming. Yeah. And no, you're spending yeah. all your energy there. Yeah. And this was absolutely affecting my wife. Yes. And when that happened, I said, that's I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not paying this price anymore. And and it was difficult and I got support. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I had brothers and sisters who one would confirm this is the right call. But then two would support me during this difficult, hey, I've got to have this confrontation and you know, can you just be praying for me and then just be there for me emotionally yeah, right. as it's a difficult thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, it's a serious, serious thing. And, and I just want to encourage people if you're, if you're dealing with this right now, man, like I hope if you're not a part of grace, I hope you're a part of a church family Yes, that you can immediately, like right now you can call somebody and get some prayer and you can start you can be talking. Vulnerable. You can be vulnerable so with important. them. And so important. Um, because we need that from each other. As we, we, as we have difficult people, may by God's grace, may we be surrounded by non-difficult people. May we be surrounded <laughs> by people who are supportive and loving. Yeah. You know? and, and, and the flip side of that is may we be those people. You yeah, know, absolutely. We yeah. become the people who are supportive and helpful um, in such a way that it actually drives a change in people's hearts. Sure. Well, hey, this has been great being with you guys. Yeah, I mean, it's been excruciating for me being with these difficult guys. <laughs> but 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 you you just you listen to this back and you'll learn how to deal with this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It'll be good. I'm It'll going to listen to this fine. podcast and I will feel better about everything. <laughs> we'll pray for. Hey, we, <laughs> please. Uh, always need your prayers. We love being with you guys. We will see you next Wednesday. We hope you have an amazing Thanksgiving. Yeah, this is Pastor Mike. Pastor Grant, happy Thanksgiving. Pastor Clint, happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope to see you this weekend at a Grace campus near you. Get all the details and more resources at discovergrace.com.